guys. Um, I want us to speak today. Um, what I want to speak to you all about um, is developing staying power. Um, these conversations are intentionally meant to be short so that they are easier for you to apply. Um, I do advise the student approach to these mornings, um, meaning the taking of notes. Um, why taking notes are important is because it shows, um, and if you see the way I take notes, it shows that you are understanding what you're hearing. Taking notes is not just the reciting of words, but is in a way um, converting or translating what is being heard in a way that applies to you. So this morning I want to speak about um, briefly, quickly, about developing staying power based on what Pastor Toby taught us yesterday. Um, Pastor Toby said to us, and I want to start off here because I know that um, this is important that you take note of. Pastor Toby started off telling us that there are three dimensions or three pillars of power. First and foremost, it being spiritual, then economic, then political. So I was having a conversation with the brothers yesterday as the word was going on. And I said, are we not noticing how in time these words are? We went through the period of investment into spiritual power. And I hope you remember how we invest into spiritual power. You draw power from what you serve. Yeah. Um, and that in itself is quite tricky. It's dangerous in the sense that you can choose to serve success and you will still draw power from success. It's just that the power that you will draw from success is not able to carry you to your place of destiny. So spiritual power or the drawing of spiritual power must be very, very intentional. Are you hearing me? It must be very, very intentional. So he said that first is spiritual power. Then, and I was saying to the brothers, look how timely this is. So we spent years investing into spiritual power and we still do. We must not stop drawing. In fact, the well from which we can draw in terms of spiritual power is endless. Yeah, it's endless. This is why people of authority understand authority. They understand hierarchy. They understand powers. But we must continually draw from spiritual power. But what was interesting to me were the years of fasting we've gone through, the years of prayer, the years of spending the word. And again, by no means am I saying that we're at the close of that, but that was heading towards something. Imagine if all our mornings are just blasting prayers. Is prayer bad? No. But everything you do must lead to something to be found productive. Yeah, Power must be connected to certain things that can conduct the power so that it can be made effective. So just praying by itself does nothing. In fact, I start to see and I believe that sometimes prayer can be the example of you not knowing what you're doing. It can be the expression of you not knowing, you know, when we ask for us to pray in the morning. Do you understand? If you're not 
if you're not tuned to a certain frequency, it's just making noise for the time allocated for that prayer. But look at our journey from COD to where we are now as Wealth Nation. We have gone through prayers, fasting, all the things that you expect as all your class as spiritual. And then by the leading of the Spirit, the Spirit utters that you are now Wealth Nation. Pastor Toby saying to us that we're spiritual power, spiritual power being the first and foremost, what you should seek first will lead you to economic power. And where does economic power lead you to? Political power. He says that anyone that wants to have a place of authority must understand these three dimensions of power. But the two, which is economic and political, comes from spiritual if you ever try to acquire economic power or try to acquire political power without having spiritual power, you will later realize the need of spiritual power. And that's where we started to see people or we hear the stories of people who started off well, but got into certain realms of power and realized their need for spiritual power. And that's when we hear people go into um, attain um, um, dark powers and etc those kind of things so I wanted to start off with saying that these things we must not take out of our mind because there's a there's a means to an end in this nation God wants to shame the wise with the foolish he is building us together he is strengthening us and it's for that reason that I started to take notes as PT was speaking and I said that in all the houses from the Fortress, the Wealth HQ, to HOX, the HOI, to Prosperity House, to all the apartments, um, to house, um, um, to storehouse, to a law house, and all the houses that will come over the next year. It's important that these houses, or there's an attitude where we realize the need to, re to raise comp a competitive environment. Now, let me tell you why I've said that. There must be a need, a hunger, first in the houses, which would then be reflected within us to raise a competitive environment so that our minds may be challenged and developed. There must be a self-determination each day. Pastor Obi sorry, is not above that. Pastor Obi, in order to remain relevant, must understand that each day he must be self-determined to prove himself more excellent than he was yesterday. That is from my, my understanding of things, my ability to comprehend and re-articulate my actions that come as a response to what I've heard. There must be that challenge, that self-challenge. There must be in a Paris, in a Tumashe, in an Ashley, there must be that drive to be able to measure yourself today against the, the Ashley, the Tumashe, the Paris of yesterday. Because God measures men against men, but that's not my point. Again, where I want to stay and I want to discipline myself this morning to stay around developing, stay in power. There must be the need to raise a competitive environment for our minds to be challenged and developed. The world is not taken by strength. That's why when we begin to go into the conversations of wealth, 
one of the things that God will be um, um, staying on, speaking a lot about, is the mind. Our mental resilience is to prove our ability to lead. This is something that PT said to us yesterday, our mental resilience. So why should the houses not be comfort grounds? They must be conditioning grounds. They must be conditioning grounds where you are challenged. So someone believes that they're serving at a certain capacity, but the house and the order of the house, the word, the presence of the word in the house must challenge an individual to saying that there's a better version of my service that I must attain. Do you understand that? So our mental resilience will speak of our ability to lead. So this house and all the houses must become conditioning grounds. Why? To sharpen, broaden and strengthen our minds. The key to wealth is in our minds. How do you think? How do you view things? How do you understand things? I showed you the scripture the other day, the, the secret to ever understanding revelation. It says, what is written in the law? I think it was Luke 10, 26. What is lit written in the law, sorry? And how do you read it? So what we must do, these are the, this is the reason why God would then speak to us in the topic of sin, because what sin actually does, it doesn't really affect you bodily straight away. How it affects bodily, ultimately is by first affecting your mind so you will see when you participate in sin you will see how your mind is f being challenged the condemnation of the mind and if your mind is affected affected guess what happens you start to act according to the way you think as a man thinks so he is so if you think that you are condemned your actions will show condemnation if you think you're not wealthy your actions will prove you're not wealthy. So where God wants to speak to us, when he gives us the word, and this is why I'm an advocate for, rather than there being just blasting of prayers, and I'm not saying it's wrong, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't do it, but there should be those conversations where we can open up the Bible and begin to look into God's mind, because if we have his mind, we will prosper thereby. So we must be daily determined to prove ourselves more excellent today than we were yesterday from the upkeep of the houses. I always say a house is not by itself dirty or walls do not fall apart by itself. It's the people that live in the house that brings out the state of the house. So if we wanna maintain this wealth HQ at a certain standard, then our minds must be programmed to a certain standard. We must not accommodate certain things. We must grow continually in our exposure of wealth. And your exposure of wealth is in accordance to your leader. You cannot grow more exposed than your leader. That will be you running ahead of your time. Do you understand these things? So my, my point of scripture or my main scripture today and I'll do the reading, it's fine. Um, my main point of scripture today for when I'm speaking to you about developing staying power is going to be from Psalm 110. I'll read in the NIV. Um, again, it's important that you take the approach of a student 
because the intention of these words are not to be long. Um, they're bite-sized so that you can implement them, apply them to your life. Again, again, just me re-emphasizing before we get into that scripture. It's understanding that when we begin to talk in these wealth morning sessions, what we're trying to develop by the spirit, the word, is a mind that can accommodate God's wealth. And again, some of the things in these conversations may be very um, truth-based, may be very um, forward, because we're coming out from communities and family homes that are the furthest away from the wealth that God wants to give to his people. So we have to allow time for there to be the reprogramming. And they cannot be reprogramming unless there's the challenging of certain ethics and thoughts. Do you understand that? You have a way around living with people, but the word must challenge your way of thinking around living with people and provide you with the wealthy way. Do you understand that? So Psalm 110 is where um, I'll pitch my tent this morning. Um, and then we understand why I feel by the spirit we are to speak about developing, staying power. I'll read in the NIV from verse one. It says, this is David's psalm, first of all, take note of that. It says, the Lord says to my Lord, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion, saying, rule in the midst of your enemies. Your troops will be willing on your day of battle, arrayed in holy splendor. Your young men will come to you like dew from the morning's womb. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He will crush kings on the day of his wrath. He will judge the nations, heaping up the dead and crushing the rulers of the whole earth. He will drink from a, he will drink from a brook along the way. And so he will lift his head high. My focus is going to be the first three verses developing power more importantly developing staying power yesterday pastor toby took us on the conversation of power and if you look at the conversation he started with us you look at let's use for example just because it's his son david how did david become so powerful david was a man that his first and early years started in seemingly oblivion he was at the backside of the desert he was not where the eyes of the of the numbers were looking people were not looking at david at first david also was not looking for attention he was not looking for um glory he was not looking for the celebrity or fame life he was actually very content, and I'm going to show you why. He was actually very content in staying at the backside. You know, when I say to you, and some of your sisters, brothers, were able to pick up what I've been saying to you through PT's word last night. When I say things like 
fight in your corner. You know your corner is not somewhere that everyone looks at at first. You can be in the midst of a family. You can be in the midst of people. And the corner is somewhere where nobody looks. But how do you move from where you are to where you believe you are destined to be? You must first fight in your corner. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You must first fight in your corner. If your corner is, for example, serving in the kitchen, ensuring that the house eats, for example, it seems small. This is why there's that word, there's the command that you should not despise small beginnings. And most of us, the reason why we never see a large end, a huge end, is because we despise the small. We despise where we're starting from. If it's protocoling, it looks like all your mates go to work and it looks like they're doing more. Do you understand? You see, for them, they're doing exactly what they're meant to do. And because of that, they will prosper. But if a regime now says to himself, oh, I want to look like I'm doing something and goes and gets a job, guess what he's done? He has, and I'll get to it, he has gone and done the thing that will not prosper him. He has failed to fight in his corner. Why? Because ultimately, by means of comparison, he has despised his small beginning. So it's important that you fight in your corner because also from that corner, there must be the producing of a CV. We must know your success. I was saying to a team yesterday, the Too Clean, Too Fresh team, I said that if you are going to stand a chance in this world, you must realize that in the world, the world works on performance. The world does not work on sentiment. So I can begin to be overbearing even in the house and I can say, Ashley, I need you, Pastor Ashley, I need you to produce this at this time. Do you know why I have to be the enforcer, the enforcer of certain laws over her life? Because what the church is meant to do is make you ready for the world. If you don't understand deadlines here, you will never understand deadlines out there. And what will make you not understand deadlines and performance level? Sentiment. Do you understand that? Most things, the, I think the con of church is someone can make a mistake, make a mistake, make a mistake. And there's this um, um, cloud over us that says that everyone must be um, redeemed and accepted. It's not true. It's not the way scripture works. In fact, for there to be a David, there had to be the disposal of Saul. So that you understand how God works. He gives men chances for a period of time. And then when he sees that men are unable to meet his standards, he will have to dispose of that person and replace that person. Because God does not actually see the face of a person. He sees the obedience of them. So what's the first thing I need you to, say, to understand? You must fight in your corner because you are developing a CV. What would take Tony to the next point? There will be a CV, an, a CV report of her life that in that space she was excellent. And upon that excellence, God promotes. I always say to people, if you think that I was chosen as a family head just by random spiritual um, allocation, it's not true. There were years of proof of me leading a youth revival under the circumstance of not even having the best of leadership at the time. I was able to accommodate along with the brothers 
hundreds of people, mobilized people across the United Kingdom. There was a certain level of success. Don't forget David's story. For him to be allowed to fight Goliath, he had to read his CV or he had to be read of him that he was someone that destroyed with his hands the lion and the bear. That was where? In oblivion. In his corner. I think I sent a message to Toma the other day. There's a level of standard that she can accept, but this world is constantly pl placing pressure or placing a demand on us to get better. Someone creates the iPhone 10, yeah? Was there iPhone 10, yeah? The iPhone 10 or whatever it was called, yeah? And there's a demand because of the way the world is moving for someone to create something better. You can't, this is the reason why I started off saying to you that we must endeavor, we must be self-determined, driven to prove ourselves more excellent today than we were yesterday in your service of media. It's not anyone else that can do that for you. You must make up in your mind, okay, this is the level of what I'm operating by now. How do I make this better? And that takes keenness of mind. One of the next mornings I'll be speaking to you about the keen, being keen-minded, having a keen mind, attention to detail, taking heed to yourself is what's going to bring your promotion. I said also of Joseph, check throughout scripture, no one was just randomly elevated. There was something that God says, I can put my spirit upon. Joseph was known to having a gift of um, interpretation of dreams, or in fact, not just interpretation of dreams actually, because his first dream, he didn't interpret it. He had the gift of seeing. He can receive vision, yeah? And you will see everything that he faced from the betrayal of his brothers to the mishaps in Egypt, the false accusations, was all an opportunity for him to sharpen his gift. We found him in the jail. Why did the Bible tell us about his, his um, interpretation of the dreams for both the baker and the butler? It was just showing us how situations would be, were given to him so that he can sharpen him. So by the time Pharaoh had a dream, he was well trained. Are you hearing me? So look at, look at this scripture. This is David speaking to us. This is David speaking to us. Yeah. This is David speaking to us. And look, let's look at the character of David. David became very, very powerful. And I want to close with this scripture. David became very, very powerful, not only in his age and generation. In fact, God used him as an example and template for following generations. So much so that God, according to the flesh, caused his son, his, perfect, his perfection, he caused his son, the offspring of David. That's how much David was an example to us and to his time. Now, when we ask the question, like I was listening to PT yesterday, how did David become so powerful? What is the process? Because everything in scripture was written for our sake. Don't forget that. David's story is so detailed for you and I's sake. So how did David become so powerful? Look at what scripture says to us. David says, first of all, the Lord says to my Lord. 
Are you listening to me? I want you to take note of that. He recognised leadership. He recognised powers and authorities. David, because scripture was written for our sake, David could not leave this earth without giving us clues to how he acquired such power. And the first thing you need to make note of was that, or I want you to make note of, is that a powerful man recognises powers. A man of authority recognises authority. He does not despise it. He is not ignorant of it. In fact, you cannot become powerful without recognising these spaces. This is why in the nation we are driven and taught and it's, it's hammered into our beings, the understanding and the honouring of leadership. The nation family, Wealth Nation, is a house to build, condition and raise leaders. David says, the Lord says to my Lord, what did he say? Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. Before until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Now look at, look at this. David tells us this, yeah? He had the opportunity to see his Lord. Take, let's, let's break this down. The Lord, we know that's the Father, right? Says to my Lord. You know, most of the times before we used to say, oh, David was just randomly spewing out words. That cannot be so. Because we have to ask ourselves why we don't see that. If we say this was a random comment, it's like me sitting here one day looking at the garden and saying, randomly, it's like a poetic spirit comes over me and I say, the Lord says to my Lord, no. David had leadership. And because the likeness of it is with Christ, it can be seen in Christ. Let me give an example. So I can quote this scripture too saying that the Lord, that's God the Father, said to Pastor Toby, my Lord. And that likeness is attributed to Christ because it's not a thing unique to God and Pastor Toby. It's how God works. Do you understand? It's a pattern. So David had power because he can observe leadership. So why this was written here is so that we may be able to imitate it we may be able to understand it, see it, recognize it, and therefore imitate it. But I want you to take note of this. When the Bible says, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand. Sitting is not inactivity. I need you to take note of that. Sitting is not inactivity. And why that's important I say that to you? Because most times people are not able to sit because of the drive in them, the aspirations in them to become something. Sitting is not inactivity, but rather the maintaining of a position. Did you hear that? Sitting is not inactivity, but rather the maintaining of a position. So what is God looking for? When I say that we're developing staying power, it's the ability to hold a position. The ability to hold a position, understanding that there is war against that throne. Let me explain that to you. So, a Tomiwa 
must understand if her position is being a PA for Pastor Obi. I honestly may not fully realize if there's even a need for me to have a PA. Do you know what I realize God is doing? He's creating a space from where you fight. Now, a Tomwa must gain the ability, yeah, to hold that position. The holding of that position is not talk. The holding of that position is also not sentimental base. It cannot be because eventually if the work grows, which it grows without me, if the work grows, if she does not maintain the ability to hold that position, someone better will inevitably take it. This is the reason why I speak the way I speak to you guys, because the ability to hold that position is the understanding that there is war against that throne. You will realize this when you get into a position, there's many things that arises. In you, you feel that protocol in is too small. In you, you start to think that cooking is too long, it's too small. I'm using this just as examples. You get criticism that fate comes to you when you're doing media. These are wars to take you out of that throne. But it's important that you see this fight. The only way you can keep hold of that position is to continually produce results. You must be so attentive to you. You must pay so much close attention. You must pay attention. You must determine daily that I don't care if it's the upkeep of the house cleaning. I must hold this, this, this position not by sentiment, but becoming indis indi indispensable Sorry, in that role. I am so keen, attentive to detail. I have time to think about my role. So much so that I am active. I am developing myself. Because sitting is not inactivity, it's the ability to hold position. Look at what scripture says. It says, sit at my right hand until, there's an until moment. Until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. So I wrote in my notes, there are two things that happens as you maintain position. As we hold position, there are two things that happen. So what's my position? Pastor Obi, Pastor COD. Did you notice that in that instruction was not daily details of instructions? It will now be my keenness of mind. My honor, my honor that I, I um, put on the leader that said that to me. That makes me on a daily basis to think, okay, I need to speak to COD. I need to check how the businesses are going. I need to commit myself. And guess what? As I hold that position, I get better. But there are two things that happens as we maintain position. The Bible says, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. What's the first thing that happens? The Lord will extend your mighty scepter. Do you know what a scepter is? Yeah. Kings usually have it. It's like a staff. It's a, it's a symbol of your sovereignty, yeah? It's a symbol of your authority. Sovereignty is power, supreme power and authority. So look at what God says happens as you maintain your position, as you sit. The first thing that happens is 
God extends your power. No, are you listening to me? God extends your power. What did he say in verse 2? The Lord will extend your mighty scepter. God extends your scepter. So I've seen people in the nation, let's use um, 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 the first sons and daughters of the house, people like Pastor Sam. Throughout the years, even in his failures and in his successes, what did he have to do? Hold his position. How does he hold his position? He's constantly producing results. He's constantly available. And what happened in the holding of position, God was increasing his authority and power. So I've said to people, you do know that authority and power is built over time. If you can just maintain position, do you know that a day comes where you will realize you have power and authority? I remember when Pastor Toby said authority, when you hear him speak now, you do know it's not just the articulation of words no more. It's the authority you hear in when he's speaking. And he specifically said that authority is built over time. So as you sit, if I say, Pastor Ashley, I, in certain runnings of this house, I need you to hear me, for example, yeah? Do you know that in that holding of position, because remember it was leadership, it was God that said to his Lord, sit. You don't assume leadership. Leadership has to put you there. So if you hold that position of sitting, remember sitting is not inactivity. If you hold the position, what is God doing for you? He's extending the scepter. Remember what a scepter is, a symbol of power and authority. He extends, he enlargens, he broadens your power and authority. So I've seen people lose out on a power and authority because they could not hold position. That's the first thing that happens. The second thing that happens when you, you, when you have your staying ability. I was looking at Pastor Toby keenly when I was thinking about this. The second thing that happens when you hold position, when you gain ability to stay. Look at what the next verse says. It says, the Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion, saying, rule in the midst of your enemies. Verse 3, your troops will be willing on your day of battle. You know, the amplified version says there, your troops will participate in your battle. Guess what I realized about staying? The more I stay, when I stay, God mobilizes my people. Uh, let, me, let me explain that. So I said the second thing that happens, yeah, as you maintain your position, yeah, is that God mobilizes your people. So 2005, PT was committed to the work of SPAC Ministries at the age of 25, right? At the age of 25, yeah, at the, in the year 2005, he has to hold position. There is something. Do you remember, so that you know that you don't assume leadership, do you remember that when he was sent here, there was someone leading SPAT ministry, his uncle, and then his uncle gave him that role. So it wasn't assumed. 
He sat in that role. He held position. What's holding position? Don't go around traveling the world for ministry. Just keep preaching. There might be two, three people, but just keep preaching. Remember, that's the corner, fighting in your corner. That's the being raised in oblivion, in the backside of the desert. He sat there, and as he held position in 2005 till now, everything I went through was mobilizing me as his troop to participate in his battle. What was the breaking point? What made David's men, who was in debt, distress and all types of discontentment become mighty men of David. It was their participation in his war. So I realized, how did I get power? My ability to sit where I was told. How did I gain authority? My ability to sit, to sit sorry, where I was told. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. And I sat. And what happens as I'm sitting, I then find people who would do anything to serve. Sometimes I'm even looking at people and I'm thinking, why do you want to do this? But I realized, I found the scripture. If you sit in the position that the Lord puts you in, he extends your scepter, your power and authority, and he mobilizes your people. Your people will participate in your battles so in closing what must we do we must look keenly into David and I keep emphasizing the word keen because that's the conversations we're entering into in our world it's development of a keen mind but today my topic is developing staying power how do you develop power the Lord said to my Lord sit so now you must ask yourself, where have I strayed away? Because again, sometimes the sitting position is difficult because you feel like you have to be up and doing. And again, sitting is not inactivity. I need you to hear me. You can be sitting, working a nine to five, if that's your instruction. You can be sitting, um, um, being very active, if you understand what I'm trying to say, if that's your instruction. Stay in your position. And how do you hold position, knowing that there's war against that position? Keep producing results. So for me, I, I've been saying it, your quality of attention to detail. In all of the houses this morning, what do I want you to accept? What do I want you to understand? that it is in your holding position. And again, you don't hold position sentimentally. Let me even tell you truth. A leader don't even have the ability to hold your position for you. Let me explain what I mean. I can be very sentimentally attached to somebody, but the work will place a demand on the people it needs. So I was speaking to one of the leaders of one of the businesses and he asked the question, it was like, oh, since we started, I've always spoken to the people as if they're co-leaders. And I was like, no, sentiment is what's destroying you. Because in this world and even in the heavens, everything is based on performance. And if you're unable to attribute that or accept that, you will actually kill the system because of people. 
And what did PT say to us yesterday? The family must grow to the authority to be able to say, we as a family agree and says, this cannot be. It's the system over a person. That's real power. So, what do I want us to do? If you've found your way straying, how, how, do you, how do you sit? Where's that sitting position for us? Leadership, the houses. If you're straight away, how do you regain that? You then remind yourselves of scriptures like when the woman says, um, show me, tell me where you pasture your sheep. You remember PT always used to teach us that. If you've lost your way, where is that place where you gain power? Where's that sitting position? Where the word is. Where the word is being spoken, the house is. So I close with this and I want to again emphasize, as you imitate, understand the, 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 the process to becoming powerful, we realize that from our, leaders, from our leader, our father, Pastor Toby, we can see that leadership told him to sit. And that holding of position, what did it do for him? He, the Lord made it his own responsibility. It was the Lord's responsibility to extend his scepter, the symbol of power and authority. And the second thing that happened was that God mobilized his troops as he sat. So like P.T. said to us, it wasn't David that took the throne. It was his government, his people, his troops that took his throne for him. You will get powerful. If you're asking, how would I develop a team? Hold position. It will come. Do you understand these things? So this is how we develop staying power. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys.